You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live in studio today with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by Budweiser and UDF. Phone lines are open. Give us a call, 513-749-1360. We have a lot to talk about on this show. Of course, rumors still flying around all over the place. Um, We're going to have Derek Johnson on the show in a little while. And uh, we've got a lot lot to get to. How how are your holidays, Jimmy? Holidays were wonderful. Got to uh, spend a lot of time with the fam. Got to get further reacquainted with my couch. Good. It was, uh, it was I'm good. Sure, I'm sure your couch really missed I ate, you. you yeah, spent ate time a lot, there. drank some uh, beverages, let's just say. Good. It's all good. Are you a, okay. uh, are you a big New Year's Eve go out? No, not even. Party? Not even close. You, uh, That's amateur night, man. Okay. No, I did stay home. Smart. Smart decision. Stay home. Do you at least wear a little hat? No. Oh, no. Hat. No hat. Just not even the, like, 2020 glasses? No, none oh. of that. None of that. Listen, I already I look goofy enough on my own without any props. So, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, you said it. Uh, we're going to talk uh, certainly some rumors. Of course, we've seen the same reports that uh, you have read uh, about the outfielder from Japan, Shogo Akiyama. We we can't really say a whole lot yet because I mean we don't we don't know anything other than what's been reported. There's nothing official from the organization yet on this, but um, you know so. We certainly don't want to speculate too much about that, but I'm sure you've got some questions. If you've got questions, we'll answer them to the best of our ability. Uh, it certainly it, it raises, I think, more questions about what the Reds are going to do if yeah. uh, if that happens. So we'll, we'll discuss some of those possibilities. Uh, we'll look at some of the options that are still out there. So certainly still plenty to get to. And uh, like I said, we'll have Derek Johnson coming up a little bit later on. And uh, I don't think we've got Derek yet. Do we have him? I don't think so. Not yet. So we'll we'll get to Derek. Uh oh. See now, now See, I've got. Uh, oh, this is good. He's blowing you off. Well, that's what's no, happening yeah, right now. Well, that's fodder though. You know, I'll have something to hold against him. <laughs> Gonna hang that over his head, are you? Yeah. That's well, he's on Central Time. He lives down in the Nashville area. Yeah. Did you tell him that? This I is did Eastern time? tell him it's Eastern Time and said it'll be easier. We'll call you. Um. So that's good though. See, I'll have it. Uh, I'll have it be able to hold against him. Fair enough. Which is good. As you know, the relationship with Derek Johnson is a terrific guy to hang out with, by right. the way. Right, yeah. Uh, when you do get the chance, when we do get the chance, uh, just to be around, and uh, this will be good fodder. It'll be good fodder. It will be. Yeah. Anytime you can get some jabs in, it's a good thing. Uh, oh, no doubt. <laughs> perfect. Gives you yeah. more opportunity for that. Uh, but there, uh, I tell you what, there's going to be a lot of exciting things to talk about with him with regards to the pitching oh, staff. I know we've yeah. talked a lot about this pitching staff already this offseason, but – I. I think I got to feel like it's it, it's a little different going into this season, uh, obviously for the team as a whole, but also for the pitching staff because you look at last year, uh, the pitching has not been great with this organization for a while. There, I don't think even with the additions that they made in the off season, there was still a whole lot of anticipation with the pitching staff being as good as it turned out to be. So now they're not going to surprise anybody. And on top of that, there's a lot of folks that are saying that this not only has a chance to be one of the top rotations in the National League, but in baseball. So right. that that changes things drastically heading into the 2020 season. Well, now you know you talk. Uh, now you got to back it up, right? You know, I mean, the you hear all the hype 
And the Reds, this pitching staff, um, if you look at the record over the last four years, individually the pitchers, the starting pitchers, have been able to fly under the radar. And all of a sudden now you're not flying under the radar. You're going to be ranked, as you said, as one of the top pitching staffs in all of baseball. So that adds some pressure. Uh, and that's the, the one of the toughest things to deal with in baseball, particularly at the major league level, is the pressure, the outside pressure, the pressure you put on yourself. So you've got to go out and prove it now and back up what you've done in the future. And you hope guys like Luis Castillo will make that next step and Anthony DiScofani will stay healthy again. Knock on wood on that. Right. That was the key to his uh, season last year. And you got to hope that the aforementioned Derek Johnson and Wade Miley and that hookup again can produce some of the magic that they produced together while they were in Milwaukee for that season. Well, and I think when you talk, I want to backtrack to what you're talking about, about the pressure. I think the pressure is a good thing because that just anytime you can play the game and, and I never I, 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 I can't speak to this from an experience standpoint. But but if you've got guys playing under pressure throughout the course of a season. Doesn't that pressure kind of help prepare you for the pressure that is the postseason? I know pressure oh, yeah. is what you make of it, but when you when you have expectations, I think you see teams perform better in bigger moments when they've already experienced some degree of that in the past. Yeah, but the uh, you know that once they lost those eight straight games uh, early on in the season, and they were just never in the hunt. What they got maybe three games back at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fell by the wayside again. So there wasn't that pressure of a division race or even a wild card race. And that changes everything. So, yeah, there's that. there's been that pressure. There's always pressure at the major league level. It doesn't matter if you're in last place or first place as far as just the, the normal pressure of the game. But when you add to it that if you get off to a better start and you are in the hunt, it changes everything. Yeah. And we'll see if they can deal with it. Well, no question, and um, it, it's. I think having guys that are battle tested helps that a lot too. I think that's a oh, big yeah. part of it, and I think we've talked a lot about that with Mustakas. That's that's one of the, I think, draws of having a guy like that on your team is is he can help guys know what to expect and, and deal with it in a way because you deal with it from a leadership standpoint, and that and that there's there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be looking to him uh, on how to handle situations like that, that that this team hopes to be in this year. You know, I've heard nothing but great things about him. When the Reds sign a player of his magnitude or they get a new player uh, from a, a different team, I will instantly just – do we have Derek Johnson? We do have Derek I'll Johnson. shut up. Let's, let's go, go, go to ahead. much more important things. Yeah, no, 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 we can save that because uh, let's welcome in the aforementioned Derek Johnson. He's the pitching coach of your Cincinnati Reds. Are we on the line, Derek? Derek, you there? Yeah, we sure are, guys. How are you? Hey, great. How are you? <laughs> Good. Sorry, I'm a little. I'm running a little late. My bad. That's all right. Jimmy hasn't been crucifying you for the last ten minutes. No, I, I wouldn't do that at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. I, and I know him pretty well, so I, I'm, I can imagine what he's saying. Yeah, he's a very forgiving guy. <laughs> all, you know? all, all good things. Yes, all, all good things. things. Uh, well, uh, Derek, thanks for taking the time to, to join us today. And, and I, I know you've got to be excited about the way the, the rotation's coming together. But at the same time, I'm sure you felt pretty good about the rotation when the season ended last year. So as you sit back and you're kind of watching everything come together, what, what are your thoughts? What's your reaction to everything? Well, I, I just always know, um, I mean, to, to answer the question fairly, yes, I'm excited, but I also know that there's a, a good deal of work that has to go into this and, you know, nothing, uh, you know, nothing that we do is ever promised. So, 
you know, it's it's about putting in our work and our time and making sure that, you know, we do everything on our end to make uh, to make us successful. But, you know, I, I am I'm, I'm I'm thinking at this point, um, you know, we do have some options. And I think that's uh, obviously going into any year. That's a good thing. Let's talk about the most recent acquisition uh, that is in your department, that being Wade Miley. You get reunited right. with him. Um, what was the difference in the season that you had him in Milwaukee? How much influence did you have on the front office signing him as a free agent? And what can we expect in 2020? Yeah, you know, he had a great year in Houston and um, apparently had some, some trouble at the end where he was – Maybe giving up some things to uh, to his opponent and and uh, didn't fare so well in that last month. But up until that point, he was was very good. And um, you know, he's he's just a, a real kind of class guy. He gets along very well with you know with his teammates. He's a good, a, a good presence in the clubhouse. The guy's been around. I mean, he's he's pitched for for several years. So um, you know, I just thought he'd be a, a really good addition to our team. I thought he'd be a really good addition to our pitching staff. He's a lefty, which obviously doesn't hurt our cause any because we just don't have very many of them. Uh, and yeah, you know, and I think he's he's still got a couple years left. You know, so hopefully we can we can squeeze a little bit more out of him and uh, and ride it out. Derek, we'd like to squeeze another segment out of you if you don't mind. And and, yeah, and Jim's absolutely. giving you the evil eye because you joined us late too. So no, I think no, he, might, he wants yep. another forty-five yep. minutes out of you. If that's I, all right. I, I I owe you guys that for sure. <laughs> right. Well, we'll bring you back uh, for another segment here coming up. Uh, we do owe you a break. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. We are in studio today, and we are joined on the phone by Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson. We're talking Reds pitching and, uh, oddly enough, talking pitching with the pitching coach. But <laughs> we were talking about the addition of Wade Miley, Derek, before we went to break. And, and I was going to ask you, how, how involved are you? And what's that process like from your perspective when, when the organization's looking for guys and looking at guys to possibly add, whether it be trades or free agents? How's that How's that all funneled kind of through you? Is it in, And do you play much of a role in that stuff? Yeah, well, I, I would first and never say that I have, you know, too big of a role in anything. But I, I think the, the best part about our group is, you know, we, we are in this together and, and we are asked um, questions, and especially if we've had, you know, the guy somewhere down the line. And, um, you know, I think it's it's been a really good relationship that way with with Nick and Dick, and you know, of course, with, with David too, and just you know, being able to kind of put all of our heads together and you know, and see if we can find a, a good player, see if we can find a, a diamond in the rough or, or someone that we think is going to bounce back from you know from from maybe something that wasn't so good for him. You know, there were a lot of years, um, and when the pitching staff wasn't what it is now, we were like. Man, who's going to start opening day out of this group? <laughs> You've got legitimately three guys that right. you could choose from to be the so-called ace or start opening day. Luis Castillo, you guys surprised us last year, giving him the start, and boy, did he back that up. That has to make a very happy pitching coach to have that caliber. Yeah, well, at least you know, at least you can pencil in two or three guys at, at opening day and figure out where you're going to go from there. And and also, you know, as it goes, start to kind of work on some matchups too. Whether you know you have a guy who who may fare, fare better against one team or the other. Um, you know, certainly as you get going in the season, that's not always a possibility. But at least early on, 
uh, you can sketch it out and maybe make it favorable for you in terms of, you know, who's going to pitch against who. But, um, you, you know, yeah, you know, we got to get through spring training and uh, all things have to be equal. But if you have two or three guys that you feel can, can take that opening knot, um, you know, it's, it's always a good thing. You're always, I think, looking to make guys better. I mean, we saw big strides even from a guy like Robert Stevenson last year, but also Michael Lorenzen, it felt like, took some some big steps forward, and Amir Garrett. But at times they were still inconsistent. How do you iron that out? What do you look at to to kind of get those guys um, maybe to take even another step forward? Or is it just experience helps iron that out? Well, you're kind of hoping that it's time-sensitive, you know, as much as anything. I mean, um, a lot of these guys don't have a, a ton of major league innings under their belt quite yet, and certainly Robert Stevenson would, would be in that category. But even Amir, um, you know, just didn't really have uh, a, a whole lot under his belt, and I think there's there's better days for him. I mean, um, we, we talk a lot about kind of searching for that 1%, and, you know, it's figuring out a way to, to become 1% better each day. And, you know, that might sound cliche or it might even be cliche, but at the same time, I mean, I think if that's what you're after each day, if that's what you're after in the off offseason, um, you, you know, we've been doing plenty of homework on those guys and, and trying to feed them uh, bits that, that might help them going into to the season. So, you know, I was really proud of, of some of the, the, the adjustments that guys made, some of the improvements that guys made. Um, you know, and, and I, I think failure is a part of that thing, too. But at the same time, I, I felt like the good, you know, probably outweighed the bad. Derek, the back end of your bullpen, Rysel Iglesias, when he is on uh, one of the best in baseball, certainly some of the best stuff. Although last year in non-save situations, it was a struggle. <laughs> and, you, you know, you look 12 losses, you don't really look at – necessarily wins and losses too much as much as you did in the past. But when it's a guy that predominantly works one inning and it's 12 losses, that's a problem. Um, how do you get to the point where he's more effective in non-safe situations when you warm him up in the bottom of the eighth, hoping that you're going to take the lead? It doesn't happen. Um, is that something that you can iron out, or is he just going to be in safe situations? Well, I think if you just look at, at a bullpen as a whole, and I, I, I'm actually not going to, to really talk about um, Iggy as much, I, I would just talk about the, the group as a whole. I mean, we played 60-whatever one-run games. We played 80-some two-run games. And, you know, if you're playing that same game every night, even the best bullpens are going are gonna to fail. Um, and we played the same game a lot. You know, we – um, we were within a run, we were up a run, down a run, tied a whole lot going into those later innings. And, you know, I think even the best bullpens, I mean, you're talking about a, a shutdown bullpen that's best in the league. I mean, they're still giving up a run every three innings, uh, and they're still really good. So I just think our margin for error uh, was, was probably a little bit lower, um, you know, that if, if we were, um, if games were just different, it, you know, if we were up two or three, if, uh, if we had any sort of cushion, it just seemed like we played um, very much the same game every night. And, it, you know, you, you, you turn that on its side and you you say, okay, you win five, six, seven, eight, nine more games. Um, you know, that that could be a difference in a, in a playoff berth and not. And, you know, it just, just so happened that they didn't fall our way. But uh, I, I think I think we have a pretty good back end. Um, you know, I think we, we need to fortify it still. I think um, putting guys in situations where they're successful is is the goal of every coach, and 
I think if nothing else, maybe we learned a little bit about Iggy as we went and, you know, and maybe how to better use him moving forward. Derek, do we, while we're on the subject of bullpens, um, obviously we, we, we've talked about the back end, really the last four guys pretty strong, and, and it's great to have those guys back coming into this season. But I want to, you know, I think when you're looking at areas where maybe this team still needs to improve a little bit, maybe a couple more bullpen arms would would certainly make you feel a little bit better. But is it possible that that you can maybe get a little more mileage out of your starters and maybe that would cut down on a bullpen guy a night? Or is the game just set up to where that's not realistic in this day and age because of the information that's out there? So I'm not going to say it's easier for hitters, but they have better right. information on pitchers. They know what to expect, right. and they look different later in games. So is it is that just not a realistic expectation in today's game, or are there things uh, through coaching and just through experience pitching that, that maybe guys can get a little deeper to give the bullpen maybe a break? Well, certainly with uh, you know the type of, of starting pitching that, that right now we have on paper, you know you would look for those guys to maybe go a little bit deeper and – um, you know, if they do that, obviously shortens the game for the back end of the bullpen. And you know, I think if you look at at sort of the way our season went, um, we we had a lot of five innings, um, you know, and then going to the bullpen type of thing. I think if you look later in the season, we did have a, a few more sixes and going in sevens. Um, I think the reality of pitching seven plus right now is probably not um, a real strong reality. It doesn't happen very often. Certainly, you know, if you have horses that can do it or certain games where where that happens, it's great. But I wouldn't I would never count on it. Um, but I, I do think with our quality of of starting pitching, maybe we can shorten a little bit of the, the game a little bit on the front end, um, and hopefully get more than you know than five from those guys. If you get six. Um, you know, you get into the, the seventh potentially, you, you know, you're knocking out a guy or two there from the bullpen. And, you know, if you can get to those back end guys right then, that's that's always a bonus. Derek, do you think it's vital that uh, the club somehow has another left hander to go with Garrett in the bullpen? I mean, well, I'd like to talk a little bit about Cody Reed. I mean, you know, Cody. Uh, didn't make the club at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, we opted for for Wandy, and and Wandy did fine. And um, Cody was was doing fine in AAA. We brought him up. Um, he he pitched very very well for us uh, right there at the end. Unfortunately, he hurt himself in one of the games that he pitched for us. It's, it was a was a knee thing, and you know he just really wasn't able to pitch the rest of the season. But you know, I do think if nothing else, um, you know, we we have to put his name in the hopper there to see. Uh, if he's, he's potentially, you know, going to be that guy. Um, you, you know, I don't know if you need more than two. I think, you know, again, when you're looking at the short term, and especially now you're looking at, at having to face um, three hitters. So, you know, with, with that new rule, you know, there isn't going to be any such thing as a left-handed specialist. No more loogies. Yeah, no more loogies. No more loogies. So we're going to, you know, we're going to end up having to have guys who can face both side hitters. Actually, Cody does a pretty good job with that. So, you know, if nothing else, at this point, we have a viable option. If you can find someone on the market, um, you know, or, or whatever, that's fine, too. There's, there's more competition there, and that's a good thing. But, um, you know, but I, I, think, I think Cody is, is at least in the mix for now and, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully pitches well in spring training. Derek, certainly appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And uh, we're going to see you in a few weeks, I guess. It's not going to be long at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm already starting to plan this thing, and, 
and um, I've got about 35 pitchers or so right now that we're we're going to bring to spring training, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Can't I wait. I think we all are. We're all excited. So thanks for the time. Certainly appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great night, guys. Take care. All right, you too. That's Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson, kind enough to join us today on the Reds Hot Stove League. We've got plenty more to get to. It's presented, as always, by Budweiser and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. We're live in studio today, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Phone lines are open. If you've got a question for Jim Day or myself, give us a call, 513-749-1360. 513-749-1360. Kind of curious to, to hear what, what fans are most excited about this season, because there's a lot to be excited about. Is it the rotation? Is it seeing a guy like Mike Moustakis in the lineup and what he does for the lineup? Uh, and, and you know, if you if you want to discuss some of the rumors that are floating around, I know a big one came out last week. What would that be? Everybody's talking about. Uh, there's this rumor that was that was out there about the Japanese outfielder Shogo Akiyama, Shogo, signing with the Reds. Yeah. Um, nothing official there yet. Nothing official. You know, there's any time that you're dealing with a player uh, from Japan or um, that spends the offseason at least in uh, Asia, there's logistical problems. I mean, when you come to an agreement with someone, there's uh, a pending physical and you've got to come to town and um, sign the contract. So um, I don't have any inside information, but I would imagine just the logistics of over holidays and player in Japan getting him here and doing all that logistically – would just take longer. Yeah. It would just naturally take longer. So, um, But if it does happen, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I like the signing. I, I do if, in fact, it happens because, you know, the people you talk to or you look at some of the, the guys that have come over f- from Japan, one thing that does usually translate is the on-base percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's an on-base percentage guy. They've got Suarez who can hit home runs and drive in runs and now Moustakis in the middle of that lineup. They need guys to get on base. Yeah. Well, especially at the top of the order. I think that's one thing that yeah. this team really lacked last year. Uh, Votto's on-base percentage dropped a little bit last year. Um, I, I know the hope is that that'll bounce back to some degree this season. But you've got to have a guy that gets on base at the top mm-hmm. of the order, especially for the guys in the middle of the lineup that this team has. Uh, so that's a, that's a big improvement there. Uh, they haven't had a bona fide top-of-the-order guy. I mean, you can go back to Billy Hamilton, but – even he was not a great on base guy. I mean, that was one of the that was he probably wasn't the even a good. On, I love was, Billy Hamilton, but he wasn't even a good on. Yeah, that was probably the biggest guy. flaw he was in his subpar game. Subpar on base percentage guy. So now you've got you've got a guy that can hopefully uh, a guy that can get on base. He's a good defender. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how the outfield looks at that point. Um, you know, this is a guy that's played a lot of center field, but um, I know it, it raises a lot of questions about what what do you do with Nixon Zell. Well, a lot of people think that this would be the prelude to something else right. that could possibly happen. Um, there are reports out there that, it, you know, he was a center fielder, has been a center fielder, but that not necessarily his best position now, considered more of a corner outfielder. Uh, but someone that's played center and then it's, you know, you, you love that, that you have that in your future or your back pocket. Now, center field, a great American ballpark, much easier to play than other ballparks. Um, 
even moving Sinzel out there. He, I think he did a terrific job in his first season. The Reds had Shin Su Chu in center field for a season, believe it or not. And when they told him, I can't, I'll never forget when they told him, like, what? Me? Center field? What? Are you kidding me? Um, so it can be done. Jesse Winker played center field last yeah. year. Um, and now with the defensive positioning as it is, they have guys in much better positions to make plays. Um, and the Reds were high in as far as positioning goes is if you look at the numbers so that helps um, but it'll be interesting to see if they indeed sign him uh, a good on-base percentage guy hit for average five-time all-star in Japan um, so I, I think it would be a good side left-handed bat um, good speed I, I would I would think it would be a tremendous signing if, if it happened certainly reason to be uh, if nothing else, maybe a bit cautiously optimistic, but certainly reason for optimism if that's the type of deal that can get done. Uh, it would certainly be another big boost to the Reds lineup. A lot more to get to. Uh, your phone calls as well. Welcome. 513-749-1360. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. He's Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. And as always, we're presented by Budweiser and UDF talking some Reds baseball. We're talking about the outfield here off the air. We may as well continue this conversation on the air. Um, certainly some rumors still out there. The Reds uh, kicking the tires on Marcelo Zuna, Nicholas Castellanos. I, and, and both of those guys would be intriguing additions to the lineup, both big power bats. The Cardinals are still interested a little bit in Ozuna, and I think that's something that, that that should not go unnoticed, the fact that they've had him for a couple of years. They're still interested in possibly bringing him back. You've got the draft pick tied in with him because the Cardinals offered him the qualifying offer, so I think that's a factor there. Um, you don't have to deal with that with Nicholas Castellanos. If you're able to add another decent bat there, Jim, I think you can you can live with a guy like Aquino, playing every day in right field, giving him a chance in a relatively low-pressure situation to see what you have because if you've got something similar to what we saw in August, averaged with what we saw in September, you have a really good player that you probably wouldn't want to necessarily cast off. I, I think every, it, every time you look at a player that goes on to have success after they've left a team, you think, well, we had that guy, and, and now look what he's doing. I think it would be interesting to give him an yeah. opportunity to see what he is. Well, as far as Ozuna goes, you, you've got to tell me what the numbers are. I mean, if it's if it's five years and it's a hundred million dollars, I'm not sure I give a five year deal to anyone anymore. But right, it might take that. I I don't know. I'm just kind of just throwing out there reports that I've seen. Um, as far as the draft pick goes, uh, you can't worry about stuff like that. The where that draft pick would be slotted, very few players make the major leagues from that slot. Um, so if you're worried about the draft pick nowadays for that, then you're not interested in winning, in my opinion. So I would throw that one out there. But it, let's say they sign Akiyama, uh, and you still have Winker, and you still have Aquino, and you have Irvin, um, and you even have Sinzel. I mean, who's to say that you have to have three guys that start every day? Um, you can mix and match and matchups and left and right. Um, and to have that type of – now, if you're paying Ozuna – Hundred million dollars, you're going to play him, right? So that, let's throw that out there. But and Akiyama the same way. But you'd have all these guys in the mix, uh, and a tremendous amount of depth. And to me, I you know I love what Aquino did in August. I love Sinzel as a player. He's a gamer. Um, I, I love what Winker has done when he's healthy. But if you want to win and win now, 
I'm not so sure that you count on those guys only because Winker's injury history, Senzel's injury history, and Aquino was a small sample size right. in August. So if you want to win in 2020, I'm not sure you necessarily count on hoping, you know, on hope what you're going to get from those guys. But so, hey, add as many guys as you can to the mix. Well, I think you're exactly right. I don't think you can count on any of them. Uh, you've seen Winker quite a bit yeah. by now. Can, uh, when they're healthy, you can count on them. Right. Well, yeah, but yeah. but you've seen them enough to know that, that the health is a question mark now. Yeah. Everybody wants to come into a new season, be healthy, and prove that they can stay healthy. Same thing goes for Nixon Zell. You we haven't seen him a lot at the major league level, but there is an injury track record before he even reached Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So, so that has question marks. Uh, you just don't, and I think that's why when I come back and I and I bring up Aquino, I think that's why I have a question mark with him because he he's a guy that's durable. He has a great arm. He runs well. He can play good outfield. Have an accurate arm yet? Not right. accurate, but I think that'll come. Yeah, you, 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 you can, can hone that you in. You can hone that in with mechanics, but he does does have a cannon. It's just not as accurate as you want it. Certainly to be, right? can't teach that kind of arm strength. No, no, no. You've got something to work with. <laughs> or there. that kind of power. So I think that's why he's an intriguing piece. There's teams that are clearly interested. Uh, the reports are out there that, that the Indians are very interested in a guy like Nixon Zell. Would I hate to see a guy like that leave? Absolutely. You, you hate to lose a guy like that, but does that mean that maybe you can get somebody that can help you win right now? Well, I, I don't Francisco know. Lindor, if that's who you're talking about, will that, help you win right, right now. now. How do yeah. you not take that deal? Uh, in mean, my estimation, top ten player in the game, without question. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know how if that's an option. Um, I, it, like I said, you hate to part with prospects, but at the same time, Nixon Zell is still a prospect. He has not proven uh, to be the type of player that that he's certainly, I think, we all believe capable of being. Mm-hmm. So until you've you've proven it uh, at the major league level, you're still a prospect, even though you've played at the major league level. So. Uh, I, I can understand why maybe some fans would be reluctant to see him leave, but it all depends on what you can get in return. If you can win right now, I think you would you would accept that deal in a New York second. It's one of the things about big league baseball, man. You roll the dice. That's why you're paid the big bucks to make those decisions and us nerds to sit back and talk about them. We don't have to make that decision. <laughs> no, we, we don't. We can, we can just second <laughs> guess them later. That's right. We can, <laughs> we can send everybody wherever we want, and there's no harm. So, uh, But it's it, I think that's the part that's exciting right now is that there is. That's what the Hot Stove League is all about. Well, that's hey, exactly it. I'm just glad the Reds are being talked about. I mean, there's teams that sitting back not doing much, you know. and there's, Especially in this division. Yeah, so I'm just glad, you know, like last year we had some stuff to talk about. I'm just glad they're out there and they're, you know, you you read a story about this player and, hey, the Reds are involved in this. I just love that we're talking that they're involved. There's so many years that went by that the Reds weren't. So just the fact of being in the sentence excited me. A lot of people are picking the Reds, too, at the top of the division, which is Certainly excited. Here comes that pressure, which we love. <laughs> hey, love. I want to. I want to say real quick, yeah. if we can. I know this is a baseball show, but we're in Cincinnati and kind of in this all together. And uh, former Bengals uh, head coach Sam Weish passed passed away today, uh, and we certainly uh, want to acknowledge that. Uh, died at the age of seventy four. Took the Bengals to the Super Bowl in the eighties, and just a terrific guy and a legend here in Cincinnati. And uh, may he rest in peace. And we send out our best. Uh, to his family. This is the Reds Hot Stove. We'll be back to wrap it up. Presented by Budweiser and UDF. 
Don't miss a second of the action this season by becoming a Red Season Ticket member. The only way to guarantee access to opening day and postseason tickets. Plus, enjoy exclusive perks and benefits, including the Season Ticket Exchange Program, offering flexibility throughout the season. Lock in the best seats by signing up today. Plans now start as low as 13 games. Learn more about Red Season Tickets at Reds.com slash membership. The Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. We're wrapping things up. And the Reds Hot Stove League, as always, presented by Budweiser and UDF, talking about uh, the moves that the Reds have already made this offseason. And, and it certainly would appear that there's a few more to be made. Um, and like we said earlier at the top of the show, no word yet officially on the Aki Amit deal. Um, if we find anything out in the next three minutes, we'll pass that along to you. But uh, I don't think we're going to find out in the I, next I three minutes. You don't think gonna, so? No, I don't. Oh, think I don't so. think so either. I think it was probably going to be. It'll be a few for, days for anyone signing him, Reds or anyone. I would think it's going to be like a week. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll take some time. So um, if you're worried after all the reports came out, still nothing official. Uh, you know, I, I, the fans do worry, man. Don't tell yeah, them not to worry. No, but there's, you know, <laughs> trust the process, right? Oh <laughs> that, boy, that what we hear? Yeah. Uh, I do want to say, I did want to say this. We were talking about uh, those moves, and and I, uh, I think back, and this off season reminds me a lot of a conversation I had with uh, Dick Williams. It was three years ago. He and I were talking about the the state of the team, and it was a off air conversation. Um, he and I were just just chatting, and I said, "Well, what what?" what are you looking at with this team right now? He goes, well, we're still in the process of really figuring out what we've got. Um, I want to say this was the 2017 season, maybe 18. And uh, he goes, at that point, you know, you figure out what you've got, and then you, you make the moves beyond that to, to fill in the pieces from there. And to his credit, with Nick Crawl, they have done exactly that. Mm-hmm. They evaluated what they had. Um, they've, put the, they, they've put the wheels in motion to fill in the gaps. Um, turns out maybe there are a few gaps to fill in, but nonetheless, they've they've gone out, they've done a lot of creative moves to, to help fill the gaps as well. So uh, they've done, they've backed up what they said they were going to do, and I, I think there's a lot of credit that, that's deserved in that because it's not a process that happens overnight. It does take some time. And now it's just, I think, if nothing else, we're excited about where this team is headed, excited about 2020, and I saw a poll, and it made me wonder what 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 would be a successful season for the Reds this year. Hmm. Ninety wins. Do you have to win eighty five? Do you have to make the playoffs for it to be a successful season? Well, the way it's gone the last four years, man, I'll just take competitive. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> well, if I, I would be honest with you. Last but year was that, competitive. That would not be. Eh, no. I mean, record wise, no, no. But they no. were in almost every game, which is competitive. Yeah, but you know, and a lot of bad There's teams this get little thing called the standings. I know. That, uh, you know, you are what your record. You know what? Right. What, you know, your record says you are. So, yeah, you're probably 90 wins. I would think that would be successful. That would be that, well without question. Yeah, yeah. I think that's successful. That would All certainly right. be a goal. <laughs> Over 500 would <laughs> be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're out of time for today. We'll be back at it again. We're back on Wednesday next week as well, and we are back at the Holy Grail Banks. For Jim Day and for Taryn Bland, keeping us on the air today, I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF.